back to the Inside OSU podcast. I'm Emily Bjorklund. Today, I'm joined by correspondent Robin Hearn, who got the chance to talk to acclaimed supermodel Tyra Banks. Tyra's resume extends from the Victoria's Secret catwalk as an angel to her own reality competition show. Robin, kind of give me and our listeners an overview of what the two of you talked about. Well, thanks for having me on, Emily. Yeah, it was an amazing interview with her. It's probably one of the biggest things on my bucket list, I'd have to say. But we talked about how she made many moves in her career with, like you mentioned, Victoria's Secret. Also, she was the first African-American on the GQ cover and Sports Illustrated. And we also talked about everything that she's doing now with, like, her T-Zone Foundation that she does to mentor to younger women, and also Tyra Beauty, which is her makeup line. What was your biggest takeaway from being able to sit down and talk to her? Wow. Uh, I'd have to say just listening to her story and listening to her journey from whenever she started in high school, and she got turned down by six different modeling agencies before she signed with LA Models at the young age of 16. So I'd say the biggest takeaway for me was just seeing how she was so confident in herself at such a young age. Alrighty, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And let's take a listen to that interview. Here now is Robin Hearn's interview with Tyra Banks on the Inside OSU podcast. Enjoy. I'm here with the legendary Tyra Banks, who's our diversity speaker tonight. Tyra, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. How are you feeling coming into OSU as a diversity speaker? Um, I am really excited. Uh, when the plane was landing and I saw this like beautiful land and and I actually got to see the school. I was like, I think that's the school as we were landing. So to like be in it just hours later is pretty amazing. Yeah, we're a pretty big school. We're pretty yeah. wide. We have a lot of land. So running back through your career, you've accomplished a lot, especially as a woman of color. I mean, mm -hmm. being on GQ and also in Sports Illustrated, how was that for you as a woman of color to mm -hmm. do that in your 20s? Um, it was a pretty big deal because um, I was the first uh, black woman to be on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swim Edition and the first female model, not even black, but first female model to be on the cover of GQ. So at the time I was young and I didn't understand just how big it was, but in retrospect, I'm like, ow, that's done, it's over. And I did that, <laughs> meaning now, you know, hopefully more people can be let through those doors. That's what it's about. Nice. Now, speaking of doors, you've opened a lot of doors for young men and women, especially starting America's Next Top Model in mm -hmm. 2003. As the creator and the host and the producer, how was that for you to create something so large? Awful. <laughs> Meaning, like, <laughs> stressful. I can remember um, the very first season of America's Next Top Model having a stomach ache, a literal physical stomach ache every single day from stress. Um, of having to wear so many hats and not even just all the hats but but just doing something from scratch you know it's like TV a new show is like a business so it's like a startup and you there's just little tiny things that have to get handled and I'm literally stapling, stapling things my partner who um, helped me develop top model he was holding cameras he's not a camera man he was holding cameras and so it was everybody was just in it and the pain paid off <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, we all love it. I grew up watching the show. Thank you. Were you expecting it to get that popular? I mean, you guys are in 24 mm. seasons. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought Top Model would have two seasons. And I, you know, with my young self in TV, I thought that would have been a huge success. I never in a million years thought it would have 24 and counting. And I remember being on the set of Top Model season four. 
and yelling across the room to my partner, Ken Mock, Ken, how many more seasons do you think we're going to get to? And he's like, I don't know, eight? I'm like, <laughs> totally wrong. Beyond <laughs> wrong. And on top of all of the, the seasons we've had here, the American version of America's Next Top Model airs in a hundred and something countries. Wow. And we, at our height, had 40 international versions. So South Korea's Next Top Model, um, France's Next Top Model, Italy, Malaysia, Russia, Canada, Mexico, um, India. I mean, the list goes on and on, the international versions we have as well. Wow, you guys left a lasting impact on the entire world, I guess. <laughs> so you mentioned about you wear a lot of hats. I mean, you're a supermodel, you're a spokeswoman, you won an Emmy Award for the Tyra Show, and mm -hmm. also you're a mom. Yes. So how do you balance all of that throughout your life? Yes. Well, it's not easy, um, and you know, it was, it was always very difficult even before I was a mom, but now it's harder and easier at the same time. It's harder because as a mom, you have this little munchkin that is there, you know, and at the end of the day when I'm coming home or sometimes I work from home and then I close my office, there's no like continuing to do emails. It's 5.30, it's me and him, and that's it. Um, and so that's a positive thing. On the negative thing, you end up like with 400 emails after a week and you're just like, how am I gonna get through this? <laughs> but then you have this thing that's going, mom, me, and you're like, screw the 400 emails. You know, and so then I become this master of like going through and cherry picking emails or cherry picking who you have to get back to and you realize what's really true, a true priority and not. Oh, no, that's really amazing. So <laughs> as a diversity speaker, diversity is one of those main topics in the world today, especially in the fashion world. Have you mm -hmm. seen the fashion world change in diversity since yeah. your time? Um, yes and no. So when I was a high fashion model, I think there were a significant number of black, black models on the runway than there have been in the last five years, shall I say. However, body diversity has changed drastically um, when it comes to ads, when it comes to women in magazines. You're seeing um, what back in the day used to be called plus size, and I hated that term. Thank God now it's changed to curve models. So you're seeing that now. You're seeing models that are not necessarily 5'9", five, 5'10", five, 6 feet. So things are changing. And I think a lot of it has to do with Instagram and social media yeah. and no longer are the powers that be, you know, behind companies called Condé Nast and Hearst. It's like the power has shifted to the consumer and the power has shifted to influencers and the power has shifted to everyday people that are saying what they want. Nice. And now how are you including like everyday people? I know you have like Tyra Beauty. Is that one mm -hmm. of your ways of including everybody? Everyday people? Well, I've gone through this kind of genesis when it comes to modeling. So when I first started modeling, it was all about me. How many covers can I get? How many runways can I walk down? How many doors can I knock down? And then over time, and I'm going to talk about this tonight at, 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 in, um, on the stage tonight here at the school, um, it, it shifted and it became how many other people can I help? So I started America's Next Top Model to really have this diverse, um, you know, motley crew of beauties that I can show on a national and now international platform. But at the same time, that has only been 10 to 15 people per year that can experience that while millions of people look. And so for the last 10 years, I've been working on something called Model Land, which is a, a, an attraction um, where people can go, male, female, young and old, can come and experience this fun fashion beauty extravaganza. You can be a model for a day, you can come and have food, you can shop, you can see live shows happening. There's so much. It's like a lot of people are calling it like Disney of beauty and fashion. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, we need that in the world, especially today, like you said, with Instagram and everything. So speaking of model land, I guess you could say, you played Eve in Life Size Mm -hmm. and Life Size 2. How was that to take on the role and especially get into acting? So when I first did the first Life Size movie, um, it actually was not written for me. There was actually a very famous Caucasian model that was, I'm sorry, not, not model, actress. She was very tall, but she wasn't a model. Um, that was cast for that role. And my manager at the time, some kind of way, talked me into this last minute audition. They were like, please, we know you're about to sign the contract with this famous woman, but can you please just see Tyra? She's really funny, she can really do this. And he was saying she's really funny, she can really do this. I was terrified. <laughs> so I found an acting coach by the name of Ivana Chubbuck, who is worldwide famous now in the acting world. And she coached me into Eve, and she helped me to get that audition. And so with a lot of her techniques and stuff, a lot of those Eve-isms came from her. And then, um, so the first Life Size was so successful that they uh, wrote another one and said, okay, here's the sequel. And I'll never forget Lindsay Lohan, who starred with me in Life Size. She said, yes. She's like, yeah, I want to do the next one. And I read the script and I'm like, I'm, if I'm going to be in this, I, I, I actually, I just can't because I want to be a serious actress and I need to play a drug addict. I need to play a homeless person. I need to play somebody with angst that has pain to prove that I can act. So I said no. And my mom, I'll never forget, my mom was like, this is a huge mistake. This is something that's very popular. It's hard to make a hit. Your fans are saying they want to see you as Eve. Why doesn't Eve do a scene where she's being dramatic so you can show the other side of you, but you should do this? I said no. And then 17 years later, I did Life Size 2, so she was right. <laughs> Mom's always right. They're always right. Exactly. Yeah, and it was so successful. Life Size 2 was more successful than Life Size 1. It, it passed projections um, by 50% of what the network thought it was going to do, and we are in talks for Life Size 3. Ooh, I hope that happens. <laughs> I would love to see that. Now, you are a role model to a lot of people. You're a role model to me, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that been? for you to step into that role as somebody's role model, like mm-hmm. you started T-Zone Foundation? Um, well, for me, I think it's, I, I, I don't feel like I am supposed to be a role model. I don't think that people in entertainment have that responsibility, um, but I feel that it comes natural to me, I think. Um, like when I see certain celebrities acting out and doing crazy stuff and they're like, but you're a role model. It's like, no, they actually wanted to just be a singer or they wanted to be an actor or they wanted to be a model and people started look up, up, looking up to them. But it's not necessarily their responsibility. However, I think it's mine. Um, and, and I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it comes from um, having a mother that has just been like such a strong um, example for me that I now want to pay forward and share all the lessons and things that she's taught me. Um, I think just naturally, I um, am not attracted to a lot of things. So, like, I don't really, I don't drink alcohol, I don't party, I've never done drugs. So there's certain things that I just feel like, well, this is my life and it's kind of clean and a little boring on the personal side. Um, So I think it goes naturally into the role model thing. So in your life, and in what would you say would be one thing that you felt like was one of your best accomplishments? Um, I think one of my biggest accomplishments was being on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swim Edition. Yeah, and I did it first um, with another girl, blonde girl by the name of Valeria Matza, and then the next year they put me on by myself. And I had already thought that it was huge, even though I was on the cover and sharing it with somebody else, I thought that was huge. So when they put me on the cover the next year, just 12 months later by myself, I was like, whoa. And that moment really transitioned my career, went from 
being kind of a high fashion model to being girl next door and walking down the street and everybody knowing your name and you know little blonde kids and little Asian kids and little black kids and everybody like wanting an autograph and I just hadn't experienced that before so it was it was really nice. Nice. Yeah. Now before I let you go what are some points that you're gonna highlight tonight uh, on your speech? Yeah I'm gonna talk about a lot of progress comes from pain um, and comes from tears um, and that you know the whole you know the word is diversity but diversity stems from a human being, you know, that has a diverse sex, that has a diverse color of skin, that has a diverse texture of hair, that has diverse, you know, abilities. Um, but it starts with the human being. And a lot of that is being told no, that you're not good enough, that um, you'll never do that. And I am here to show them that they can. Tyra Banks was able to visit OSU as part of the OSU Speakers Board Association to bring diversity speakers to campus. Robin, why is it so important for someone like Tyra to speak to OSU students? Like I mentioned before, mainly just her story and how she was letting us know as her listeners that it is possible to do everything that you set your mind to no matter what and that you are going to face obstacles throughout your career and throughout your life, but you have to be able to push forward and push over those obstacles no matter what anybody tells you or says. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for sitting here and talking to me about this amazing opportunity that you had. Thank you again to Tyra Banks as well for coming to Stillwater and speaking to our students here. Thank you to the OZU Speakers Board Association for making it possible for Tyra to be here. And thank you, our listeners, for sticking around for another week of the Inside OSU podcast. We'll see you again next time.